five, four, three, two, one. So we're on Neverbroke again with Andrew, myself, Josh, and we got a special guest. We got Scandal here. What's going on, guys? Scandal is a rapper or was a rapper, still a rapper, and he got himself into the stock game. He's actually going to be joining the 369 team very soon. We got some cool things coming yeah, I'm in the works here that. that we're working with Scandal. And Scandal's going to share with us how he went from rapping to trading stocks to, I didn't know he had a moving company, but he's learning all these cool things so that he uh, will never, ever, ever go broke again. So Scandal's here. Yes, Thanks for sir. hopping on. Man, so, uh, thank you for Scandal. having me, guys. First of all, like, I don't know about you, Andrew, but do you wish you had an accent like Scandal? Uh, if I did, I'd be way richer. I'd be so <laughs> beyond. It'd be so much easier to sell. I mean, you, if you, 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 you'd, be, you'd be in more trouble than anything. I promise you that. It, it, it gets you into some jams. You'd be in more trouble than anything. Yeah, Maybe I, I got to work. You'd be in more trouble. We than need to anything. get Scandal and JJ live together and see who's oh accent better. Oh, my God. Just, where, uh, where, where's JJ from? Uh, uh, Sri Lanka, but Miami now. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah my, Miami. I, I I tried to um, uh, spend some time in Miami, but it just chewed me up and spit me back in Maryland. So, oh, <laughs> haven't been back since. <laughs> yeah, right. the money just 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 drips off of you down. Oh there. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought it would be um a good location to expand the moving company, but. No, no, not for me. You speak Spanish? Uh, I, I speak it. No. Okay. So I know enough Spanish words to, uh, you know, work with my teams, if that makes sense. So it's a like, la derecha, you, a la izquierda. Yeah. And, and like I point, I, you know, lots of pointing goes on when I'm on the job with my team. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the, uh, the market's been fun. The journey's been fun. Being, being um, you know, I, I, try and, I try and can think of myself like the closest thing to a real life Forrest Gump because I've just ended I've just ended up in so many different industries and brought a unique perspective to like each one. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to see where this where I'm taking this in the next five to ten years. So where is this? Is this a British accent? Is this Australian? Where, where is? Oh, oh, as of as of right now, it's just very confused. But it originates in England. Um, but I've England. been in, I've, I've been in America since um, you know, I was born and raised in Southeast of England. I moved to America in two thousand and seven, and then in two thousand and fourteen, uh, fifteen, I moved to California for like three years, and then uh, COVID brought me back. See, the accent is great for sales because it's so disarming. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's non, it's so non-threatening. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and, and it helps because, um, you know, I have, like, two face tats, neck tats, long dreads, obviously. So, at first glance, it's like, depending on what meeting I'm in, I'm, I'm almost certain that the first time I speak to someone or have a meeting with someone their first impression is how are we in the same room but then i start yeah like scandal talks of- and i'm like oh let's get let's get some tea and crumpets with scandal i look at <laughs> scandal i'm like yo scandal could whip my butt man <laughs> but 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 then it's like you know it, it it's kind of 
it, it's kind of an oxymoron because you know I, I got my name scandal from the music and um it came about you know I, I started rapping when i was 13 but the guys i was rapping with they were older than me like 17 18 some of them 19 at the time so when the, when um when we would go and you know we would have like little rap battles together just like best of the bars it wouldn't just be like attacking each other it's like who has the best bars so when it was whenever it was my turn on the mic i was always the smallest one the shyest one but my trajectory was the loudest so it was kind of like a setup every time i would get on the mic i would always win because you would expect something you know small and quiet from 13 year old scandal but what would come out my mouth would shock everyone and it was kind of like a scandal so the name just it was a nickname at first the name just kind of stuck and um when i moved to america i you know, I took the music thing and I was running with it until about 2013, uh, close, yeah, close to 2013, 2014, when I realized, oh, I, I, I see what needs to be done in order for this to go to the level that I want it to be on, marketing, distribution, all that stuff. Then I was like, hmm, stuff's actually kind of expensive. I'm going to need to figure out how to make some money to pay for this. So I started working at like Domino's and Cheesecake Factory. I had two jobs. You know, you ask any older, older how do you get money? oh, we'll go get a job or go to school and get money on the back end. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll go and get a job. I'll get two of them. So I'll get two. And I'm realizing that at the end of two weeks of working two jobs, those two checks was like three hours of studio time. So I'm like, okay, I kind of have to figure out something else here. So I started working for my uncle's moving company, knowing that eventually I would just figure out how he did this and how I can get the, you know, the, 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 um, team leader money in the moving company so i worked with him for about a year started my own ran with that for two summers and at the end of every week i had enough money to like hold my own campaigns then at the end of like the second summer i had enough money to relocate so i was like, okay i'm gonna relocate i'm gonna spend every dollar i have on on the music and if i fail at least i know i tried so i kind of like flatlined for a little bit but along the way i learned so much about entrepreneurship, independent uh, finance, passive income, bad money management, <laughs> marketing budgets. So, so I, just, I just learned all these things and it put me in so many rooms with so many different people that wouldn't expect me to have the experience and the knowledge that I had. So I kind of just coined that and worked with that. And luckily, you know, a lot of preparation, a lot of experience and a lot of luck all at the same time has have kept me in a good position. And yeah, so now we're here couple years later from that how, how old are you scandal i am 27 right now what was the what was your first rap gig paying rap gig my first walk us, paid... through, walk us, walk us through how did you get the paying gig and what that i want to hear like. i want to hear a, a rhyme or like what do they call it uh oh, oh i'm i'm maybe 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 towards the end but that that spit I, some I, ciphers? I we, we'll all spit some ciphers together you know what? I'll come down there and, and, and we'll uh, we'll get a nice nice little cipher going together. I, I can definitely see that happening in the near future for sure. But um, to answer your question, uh, that's a really good question. No one's actually asked me that before. My first paid rap gig, I paid myself. So this was like peak Twitter time, and um, I was gaining a lot of traction on Twitter. I had loads of followers on Twitter at the time. So what I did was I made a second page, made like a fake promotions company. And then I told my followers that this promotion company just booked me for an event. So you guys should come to the event. Um, I had a friend of mine, a girl named Gannon, 
I had her, I, I put her name on everything. I, uh, I got a venue under her name. The uh, uh, capacity insurance was under her name. Sprinter vans, tickets, flyers, DJ, everything. And I funded the whole thing myself. And at the time, I was still working um, jobs. So this wasn't, uh, this wasn't, this was a uh, pre-moving company. So um, I spent about $2,500 collectively on this event in hopes of bringing two or 300 people out and we because uh, um the venue the max capacity was 500 we had like 800 people show up then we squeezed way over max capacity and um i charged everyone like 25 dollars to get in we had a vip section which, which was literally just the other side of the club we just put a little rope around this one section nothing special was going going on in there but um that was my first event and i actually did that with a partner of mine so as i'm doing it I knew that the objective was to showcase my music. If I wanted to open for another rapper, I would have to pay like 5000 to do it. And that didn't make sense to me because at the time I thought I was the shit. So it was like, I'm not going to pay 5000 to perform. I'm going to bring 100 people with me. So I, I, I just did it myself. And But the hopes was to take the money, reinvest it, get a big, bigger venue and do it every month until I had enough money to rent the Fillmore. That was, that was like my end goal, to get to the Fillmore within 12 months. But we did the first event, my partner, because, you know, in high school, if you're going to be smart, like at the time, it was very rare to be cool and smart at the same time. So my partner, he wasn't very cool, but he was very smart. So at the end of the event, he's looking. That's like my partner. Say that again. Like my partner. (laughs) Exactly. You have to have some balance. Every every team needs some balance. Don't know which one he is. Wait, scandal. Am I, am I cool one or am I the smart one? So so I would say as time has gone on, there's about to be an overlap because being smart is cool now. <laughs> I don't think it's cool being, you know, a, a class clown or like a liability anymore. So I think I think it's shifting. So if you just hang on in there, you'll be pretty cool soon. It's, it's coming. I believe in you. <laughs> Are you talking uh, to Andrew or me? Oh, uh, uh, I'm still yeah, trying to Josh. figure out. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew seems a little cool. I don't know. He, he seems like he might have a few more cool points than you. I don't know. We'd have to, we'd have to put it to the test. <laughs> but, um, but, but yeah, so w- once we uh, finish the event, we're cleaning it up, and um, we're counting the money. And as I'm looking at the money, what I'm thinking is, all right, we almost have enough money for a bigger event. But my partner, he was thinking, I have enough money to buy some cool. So I think I'd, I'm going to spend this on some clothes and, and take some girl out. So I lost my business partner. So I was unable to go in for another event, but I was still able to scale up some other things. I did like some uh, uh, smaller events in people's houses, but I wouldn't perform. It would just be like parties, basically. So we did that for a little bit. And then um, I started tagging, tagging myself along with other performances, other artists. Then eventually I did a show with Future. Now, I had to pay for that one, but it was like a down payment and I made a little profit. I had to buy all the tickets that I promised I would sell them. So the person on the bill, she wasn't interested in having me on the bill at all. But the opener for Future was a friend of mine. So he kind of convinced the promoter to just have a meeting with me. So I'm sitting down in the meeting. She's barely looking at me. She's completely uninterested. But, um, oh, go to my house. Uh, so, so basically what we did was... Um, I promised her I'd sell 200 tickets. And then she was like, if you could sell 200 tickets a week before the event, I'll let you on the bill. She gave me 200 tickets. I bought 100 of them. And then I sold the other 100 for like 
a, a little upcharge. Take this as it. Uh, just just so that I could uh, make a little bit of my money back on the first hundred tickets, and it was a really good event. And then um, that's when I came to a realization: like, if I'm going to keep this thing going, I'm going to need something to generate some income. Like, I can't keep going event to event, and I have to pay for my image and stuff like this. So, I, so I started moving companies, scaled it up, moved to Colum- uh, moved to California, and um, yeah, the the music slowly started to take a back seat once I started seeing what needed to be done in order to be in the forefront. So it's like, if you want to be a number one artist, if you want to be the best rapper, you kind of have to do all this stuff, ABC. And it just didn't fit with like me on the inside. So I was like, you know, my fans aren't going to go anywhere if I stop rapping, but I need to compensate somehow. So um, I put the moving company out front, COVID hit. And then that's when I just put all my finances to the front. Like, look guys, I didn't want to tell you this, but I've been learning the stock market for six months and now we're all in the house you guys can too and we just you know two years later I, the the um the stock market's in the forefront now not this one so the stock market's in the forefront so that's that's where i'm running it and i actually really enjoy teaching people how to get into this space and i really enjoy learning new things about this space like for example last week i played um was it zoom or DocuSign, I think it was DocuSign, I played their earnings, and based on my strike prices and the stock price, I was winning, but based on IV, I lost. So that, like, threw me off for a second, but then now I'm spending a week learning about IV, and I really enjoy that. So so what, what's IV? Uh, implied volatility. So basically, uh, if, if in lame terms, if there's too many people in a contract, the price doesn't accurately reflect the, um, the value of the contracts. So once the IV goes down, it reveals the real prices. And if you bought in while the IV it's, was high, it's like uh, it's like too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, pretty much. Yep, that's exactly it. And, and, and it's not one hundred percent, but that's the best way I could describe it as like simple as possible. Yeah, there's just too much going on. Price just shouldn't be there. And then once two less is going on, the price goes back to normal. You're either really happy or really sad. <laughs> and I was really sad. I was really sad. What, how, when did, when did you move to America? 2007. So that was coming up to yeah, 15. Yeah, 15, yeah coming up to like so when you were like 12. When you yeah, were like 12. Exactly, exactly. I was like 12, like 12, 13 ish when I moved here. And then um, I did middle school, high school. I actually left high school a year and a half early to go and chase my dreams. I went to New York to learn how to put a show together. <laughs> and then when I came back, I put the show together. Talk to me about this show with Future. Okay, so a friend of mine. Um, okay, let's go all the way back. And if you don't know, Future's a pretty <laughs> prominent rapper. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that, who doesn't that, know. It, it it was it was an experience for sure. So basically, we um, I had a cameraman. And he filmed a video for me and he said, hey, I should introduce you to my friend who just got signed to Future. You guys should do a song together. Linked up with that guy, did a bunch of songs with him. And then I think we only released like one or two of them. Uh, but we formed a relationship, like we formed a friendship. So as the um, friendship grew and Future started growing, my friend, uh, we know he's going to tour with him and stuff. So when he, when they were done, I think it was the Purple Rain tour. When they were done with the Purple Rain tour, uh, he said, look, we're doing a show in Baltimore. You should come. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to the promoter, see if you can get on the bill. If she likes you, we'll get you on the bill. 
had the meeting with her. She liked me. When I did the show, I actually didn't see Future. I think I saw the back of his head because on, on in backstage there were four uh, dressing rooms and uh, four performers. So once we were all done performing, the promoter kicked everyone out of all the dressing rooms because Future needed all four of them. A little bougie self. So he had all four of the dressing rooms, but we had a nice little spot off to the side where we could watch the show. And then, um, and then, yeah, it was it, it was a good experience. It opened some doors. But looking back on it, I remember coming off stage and thinking to myself, how am I going to top this? Like, I just opened for the number one artist in the country. What, what could I do next? Like, I didn't do it because of a manager or anything else or a deal. Like, it was pure luck and preparation. It was just me and my friends. So I'm thinking to myself, where can I go from here and make an impact? So then I decided to move to California. So I'm like, maybe I can find an opportunity in LA to kind of move me up a scale and keep this going. And it did. It worked. It helped. I met a whole bunch of people. But as I got closer, I started to fall out of love with the uh, music industry as a whole. I just didn't like. I just didn't like the. Like it wasn't authentic. It, w- it wasn't real at all. It wasn't. Real. real money if, if, if you're moving in a way that's generating some type of success you want to feel it like you want it to be tangible and not just something that you're showcasing for everyone else right how did how did you know to get out of rap like you're just like this isn't you said it's not authentic and you just fell out of love with it what what made you what was there like something that happened or just kind of burnt out on it yeah so so what happened at first, and if I lose you guys a second, I'm in an elevator. I'm sorry, I'm moving around a lot. He, he said he got out of it because like the way what is what's in it for everyone like what what are you gonna yeah. bring to the table so, sorry about right. that guys the elevator just threw off my phone i had to restart the app yeah so it's so you we're, went to the moving company what were you talking about while you were while we had some uh while scandal was getting back with us andrew we were just mentioning what uh how how you move from the events uh process to the moving company i'm cu- we're curious were you paid hourly from the moving company Okay, so um, at the time, I think I was making, what, $9 an hour at Domino's and then another mm. $8 an hour at the Cheesecake Factory bussing tables. And then mm-hmm. uh, my uncle, you know, I'd explain to them how two jobs, two-week checks, half a studio session. Then they were like, um, why don't you go work for your uncle? He'll pay you 17 an hour. And this was, <laughs> I think minimum wage was $10 at the time. So I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can do that. So once I started working for him, I started, you know, I started thinking to myself, I'm like, if he's paying three of us 17 an hour each, how much is he making an hour and he isn't here? You know, and I know my uncle. I'm like, where's this coming from? So I told him, I, I asked him, what do I have to do to become a crew leader? And he told me what I need to do. And I did it. And crew leaders uh, responsibility is picking up the other guys and communicating with the clients. That's where he made a mistake. So. He sent me on a job with two other guys and the client contract. I had the other guy drive, and as we're driving up there, I'm reading the contract. And I'm thinking to myself, this one-page contract 
followed by $110 an hour. I did the math. I'm like, my uncle's making $50 an hour while he's in the house. And we're out slaving, making 17 an hour, which is cool. But I'm trying to make that 50 an hour. So what I did was I told a friend of mine, hey, I have this. Uh, my, my uncle's looking for people. So I hired my friend onto the um, onto the company also. And then uh, once I became crew leader, my friend was working under me. And, I, and then after like a summer, I asked my uncle, I'm like, um, would you mind if I took the steps to start my own company now that I know how to move and I have, um, uh, you know, I have one employee already. He was like, you know, head for the hills, go ahead. So I went down to taxation office, went, got my LLC, went to Bank of America, opened my business account, got two T-shirts, one box of business cards. And then me and my mans were out. We were done. And then luckily, like this is why I say it's luck, because it's always like one little thing that just skyrockets us. Luckily, we're in the car and we're um, watching um, uh, YouTube videos on the way to a job. And, you know, YouTube is all in your phone uh, uh, looking at what you like so it can give you the ads of the stuff that you're talking about. So because we have been talking about moving company, moving company, moving company, we get an ad for um, a company called HireHelper.com. It's a marketplace. And it basically was like, oh, you know, few clicks away and find your movers. So I go into Hire Helper, scroll to the bottom, and I find careers. And I signed my grand family movie, moving company up to the website. And we were the, we were the first of 10 companies in our zip code to be on that marketplace because they had only been open for like nine months. So that we were getting all the jobs in a 50-mile radius for like two years. And it was incredible. So, so um, we were working all the jobs. So me and my friend were splitting 100% of the client payment. We didn't have to pay our boss or our other people. Like it was just me and him getting 125 an hour for, uh, for these jobs. So we ran that for a summer. Then eventually we didn't have time to spend any of the money. So after like 18 months, we looked at the business bank account and I was like, look, let's just split this down the middle and put this moving. How, shit how much was there? Like 63,000. And, and we, and we were young. We were 20. I don't even, I think we had just turned 21, just turned 21. It was 63,000 in the account. And we were like, look, wow. let's, just, let's just split this in the middle, go our separate ways. If you still want to run the company, cool, but we don't have a passion for moving or people starting new homes. Let's just split this and go and chase our dreams. So we split it. He bought a Camaro and a lab because he wants to be a biochemist. So he spent like 15 bands on the Camaro. He bought a whole bunch of bio stuff until his day he's probably in his basement mixing chemicals and dna good luck to him but i went to i went to california and i was like look i'm gonna just get me a, a place cheap little car meet as many people as i can and i'm spending all this money on the music and i was in california for about six months went broke after three months uh i was supposed to i was Blue supposed 30 to grow- grand in three months oh Oh, he's 21. Did you at least have ra- some fun? And and I'm a rapper. So it was like this stuff I had to do. You know, we're in the club throwing 3000 and making no money. So it's like, <laughs> it, I mean, it was, it was fun. But again, the luck factor. One thing about me with, with my music, because at the time I'd been doing it for 10 years, I, I was very good at performing, writing. Like I was very good at my craft. So while I was out there, we were supposed to shoot a music video, let's say in two weeks. And the cameraman wanted 1700 And I think I only had like 
3,000 left at the time. And I'm like, this is going to be the video that does it. We're going to put this video out and start making 50,000 a show. This is the one. But ultimately, what happened is by the time it, was, it came to pay him, we didn't have enough money for the video. So now my spirits are going down. And my cousin was like, look, this is the Instagram era, bro. Let's just shoot it on my phone and we'll just upload it, see what happens. I'm like, all right, we go to the homie's crib. He's holding the video. I'm just rapping for two minutes in front of the video. No, like music in the background, no lyrics, just a straight freestyle rap. I upload it. And a, fr a friend of mine who uh, was a... Uh, like the influencer before influencers were a thing. I used to use his name to promote my parties back in the day. So we were cool. So I called him. I was like, hey, you got like 100,000 followers. Do you mind posting my video? And then he was like, you know, I'm under management. So I'll post it until they take it down. Cool. Oh, and, and he had a little relationship with Black China. So his following was like, Phew. so he posted it. It was up for one hour. His management took it down. I get a DM. Hey, saw your videos, wondering if you were interested in uh, coming to my studio. I'm like, all right, we're in the studio. Me and my cousin just in the car, some stinky bums smoking weed in the car at this point. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, come to the studio. Come to the studio, play some music for him. And then they offered me a deal. They were like, yeah, we'll give you access to the studio. We'll give you like a $40,000 advance. You just have to make this, uh, make like four, uh, four, 40 songs for us. We'll keep all the publishing, blah, 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 blah. So in my head, I'm thinking, all right, all right, let's just tap in here. Let's tap in here. How can we leverage this? How can we stretch this out longer? Let's just not get a 40000 and blow it again. And, I, and um, I asked them for, like, way less. I think it was like, just give me 10000 and a percentage of the studio. So to this day, I still have, like, 7% equity in the studio in California. Then I get, like, a monthly check from them, like, $1,000, sometimes, like, 500 could be, like, 1900 But with them i made a whole bunch of music with them and then in the process we're, we're doing a whole bunch of interviews and stuff but when it came time to do like real stuff like in a real feature <clears> radio <throat> or something like that the process i i didn't agree with it so it's like oh we want to do a feature with this person but the process to do it it's like it, it, it certain things is just not worth it you know because you'll look back and be like damn i really did that for that like it just it just wasn't what okay was so what was it they were gonna have you do oh uh, uh okay so have meetings with certain rappers but their meetings weren't like the meetings i was used to let's sit down maybe drink a whiskey and talk about our business you know there were their meetings were pretty pretty intense not only that at the time um, so they were productive they were they were very uh unproductive unproductive they borderline detrimental like it's it's just the, when when it comes to when it comes to the music industry it, they they it's never what you see all right per perfect example and you can kind of take this and like Remember um, during the campaigning, the presidential campaigning, right? You had, uh, uh, like, you had Little Wayne and Lil Pump and all these people coming out, saying which which campaigner they liked and stuff like that. And and you look at that and you think to yourself, okay, he was probably paid a hundred thousand or whatever to say um, to, uh, to say, oh yeah, we um. We like this, like an endorsement. You would think it's just an endorsement. But when you go back and you look at it, 
they hold their publishing for ransom in order to get these these favors and, and these um these campaigns from these different artists. So I'm like, all right, if they're holding your your publishing and your masters for ransom, that means you don't own them. But in order to own them, you look you kind of get blackballed from all the uh all the resources that the industry offers. So it's like, sure, own your masters, cool. But you're not gonna get any radio play. No one's gonna play you because they know that you bought them from their friend, which is another label and stuff like that. So as I'm as I'm looking at it, I'm like, all right, I just like the music to perform. And based on how the last like five years went, I'm I'm like business oriented. So none of the music business really goes with what I know about business, at least for the role I want to play. So it's like it's like maybe I could do something like start my own label and um you know push myself. But in order to do that, I would have to, you know, it, it's now now you're risking your own bag. I like leveraging money. I don't like using my own money. So like with the moving company, the trucks, the clients paid for the trucks. And when it when it comes to like um doing shows and stuff like that, if I could if I knew about pre-orders back then, I would have done pre-sale tickets and stuff like that. So like I like to leverage money. I I, I like business business. I, I, I like business business. In the music industry, it's more like the pimp and hoe business. It's like, you know, it, it's like what can you do for me that can allow me to dangle this over your head whenever I need you? But that's higher level. That's higher level. I, but I would always want to get higher level. You know, I wouldn't want to join the music industry just to make the music. I would want to get as high as I can. So as I'm looking at other artists, like, fame, you, know, um, you know, certain artists that at the time, you know, they had their season. And you meet them peak season. And it's like, do you know what's going on, bro? Like, I'm watching your manager hand you drugs. Like, I'm watching him do that. And then I'm watching him go collect your, your check. Like... And then I'm watching you spend, it, it, it just didn't make sense to me, but that's how you would have to get in. I get in talking about, all right, yeah, let's do a, um, let, let's do a song, but let's, let's get uh, liability sheets and publishing sheets and NDAs. And they're all looking at me like, what? Like, huh? You knew too but much. Just, Sounds like you knew you, too much. Doesn't it sound like he knew too much, Andrew? Yeah, overanalyzing. It's, yeah, you're too smart for your own good, possibly. You know, and it's also it sounds like it's just a very social thing, like where you just got to just be involved long enough to to with whatever right. group to wait for the new people to come in and then kind of do what was done to you pretty exactly. much. Exactly. And you didn't want, you know, and you just kept seeing issues in the industry and um yeah it's just a it's a creative industry it's it's not like it's not corporate i mean not corporate at the from from what it sounds like with you but, yeah uh, and, and and the 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 corporate level players they they're just not interested so so it's like um there there was another situation before before the california situation where um same ordeal. Hey, we'll give you this. We'll give you that. Da, 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 da. And then I responded, okay, you guys own a label. Like, I want a percentage of the label. And I want, you know, I don't ever want to be told, you know, I want my creative directory, da, da, da. I want all this stuff. So um, I'm telling what I want. And they're like, yeah, we can't really do that. We don't really have the budget for that. I'm like, yo, I saw the budget you spent on your other artist and you got no results for that. Like, he isn't 
he isn't where he needs to be. It's no, it's not, you know, the music isn't good. So, but 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 ultimately, that's his person. That's who. That's who they, you know. That's I think it's like his sister's, like his son-in-law. So Andrew, I'm like, okay, should we start cool. our three six nine label right now? If you start, if you started your three six nine label, I'll, I'll I'll bring an artist that we can exploit for the budget needed to push the project or the campaign that we all believe in. Because that's that's ultimately how the uh, how the industry works. Ultimately, uh, I. I I, I don't know. That's a lot of hats, Josh. Little... <laughs> hey, maybe we, we had Mike Boyd on here. Maybe we need to talk to Mike Boyd. He's the uh, the head of artist relations with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Oh, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm surprised uh, Vayner hasn't. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't started throwing in some. Uh, you want to talk about many hats? Gary B has a hat for everything. <laughs> Absolutely everything. I'm surprised he doesn't have a record label. It's a it's an ad company. So an a- advertising company. So they're basically it sounds it seemed like they're brokering sponsorships yeah with the artists rather mm. than representing them. Gotcha, and, gotcha, and, gotcha. and doing and going that route and then leveraging their following right to increase the prospective artists yeah for sure uh so scandal no yes or no would you get back into the rap game ever or are you done 100 percent? oh no i'm never done I, I, I would get back for sure for sure but it would be it would be in a in a way where like well you got to here here's your concept right you know like stock rapper right like exactly. rap about stocks bro it's, like, okay so, okay so um i was telling just that growing this, up when i was a maybe, kid hold on right now maybe we need to come up with a stock rap right i have now. one i have one right? I have like one. as a kid i know all the words all these rap songs and those songs did not really help me at all, right? Like, right. they were stupid lyrics for the most part. Right. Get money, get money. Like, if you were teaching me, like, sell options, you know, like, Yo. something that actually had value. Yeah. Well, I'm going like, to write a rap right now. I'm going to write a rap right now. That would have been, know, I go know, into the club looking it. like a bear. Yeah, but <laughs> No, there, there's a... Um, in your brain. Right, there's a campaign I used to run. Um, it was like a, a, a small series, it was like a car freestyle series. I'd just be in the car spitting for a minute straight and I would post it. But then I would have, I have a friend in India, she knows a bunch of blogs. I would send her a little bag and she would shoot the video out to as many blogs as she could. And the caption would always be like, British rapper spits over this beat or um uk rappers flow something like that so my my thought process behind it is anyone who sees that is going to be like oh uk rapper let me hear this so then i started like um uh keeping track of the views or or the impressions and the reach so every time i did a freestyle it hit like twenty thousand views collectively or let's say it hits four thousand let's say it hits four pages it might get like nineteen thousand on one page four or five thousand on the other page but when i look at the volume of 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 the other videos on that page mine was always the lowest so i'm like how is my shit the lowest of these other videos but the other videos would be like 
Cardi B's titties out or Kevin Gates slapped a bitch. And I'm like, oh, so I'd have to compete with this type of shit because all I'm doing is spitting bars. So then I just deaded it. Started doing the stock stuff, stock stuff, stock stuff. All right, let, let's do a rap. Come on. Yeah, let's end on a rap. No, 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 we're not ending. We got... We have know, a couple more minutes. In, I go about five more in, minutes. Invest in... If you want to get rich, you got to buy some property and, and some stock. You know, like, go, hit it. Go. Well, I can spit the stock freestyle as much as I remember from it. So it's like... It goes like this. If... If if you wanna buy share, if you wanna buy shares and increase the profits that you make off them, put aside five hundred to abandon the brokerage and start to trade options. So all that shit that I tried to learn in school, it's all been gone and forgotten. Just made a hundred bands off the stocks by just made a hundred bands off an app by trading stocks and this Hold on. I'm kinda of multitasking. Yeah. He wanted to join the meeting. I I don't remember the whole thing. I'm gonna send it to you guys. Yeah, slap that baby. <laughs> It, it's it's a lot it's a, it's a lot more impressive when you actually hear the track. So what I do is I'm no, a, I'm, I think I think that is huge. That can be huge. The well, well yeah. So 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 the re- the reason I, I, I with I, the I three six nine hat. Yeah, yeah. The the reason I was explaining about the um about the campaigns and and how just me spitting bars used to get no reach unless I was doing something stupid. I, I, I did campaign for about a year and then I wrote a stock rap and I and I, I put it on streaming and I'll send you the link. You guys can go and listen to it. But when I put that through the campaign, it hit like 300,000 people. It hit like 300,000 views uh, collectively over about four, about five pages. But that and, and it was the highest one on those pages for that week. So then that's that's when it put it in my head. Like, all right, See, John, he's overanalyzing again. That you have, you have to overanalyze. I, I feel like if you underanalyze, no man. If you listen, I'm 41, right? And I could be like, yeah, I already know it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I already, I don't need numbers to tell me it's a good idea. You, you, you need the I mean? numbers. You, you need the numbers to prove if you can scale it up. Because, because, okay, doing things because you love it or because it make you feel good. That's cool. That's I think you should do anything that you love and do it as much as you can but don't forget that you have to feed yourself and you have to feed yourself forever so you follow forget the numbers follow the dollars just i we're gonna put out we're gonna 369 radio i don't know what's our label called now 369 records Thanks. and and stock scan stock what, what's his name we got a new new name for scandal oh we, we, we have to uh, rebrand the whole thing I think having scandal is a little like it could be short scandal. Market. I don't know how tall scandal. scandal is, but it could be short scandal, like short in the stock market. How tall are you, scandal? Um, I'm I'm not too, um I'm like five ten, so I'm like the mm-hmm. the me- short. I'm the medium of mediums. What's uh what's uh some give us some other lingo? Uh, uh, scandal uh, option. It it could it could be like um. No, it, it, uh, bullish scam. There we go. That's a good one. What is it? Bullish. Bullish money, scan. Money bullish going scandal. up. Bullish scandal. I actually was thinking about putting out a mixtape called Scandal bullish. Bear. Scandal Bear. The Scandal Bear. The Scandal Bear. No, I, I think a, a, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure a female gave me that as a nickname back in the day. Scan Bear. <laughs> Scanny Bear. 
we 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 got to come up with a a late your a, a new name three six nine record or three six nine, I don't know three six nine records. I think we and, should. I, I I definitely think we should. I'm, I'm I think that's a great idea. And then no, no, start... to, to, to be to be honest, I'll definitely get back into music, but I know how to buy myself in. So I'm gonna just wait patiently and do the same thing. I know a bunch of rap, Moneybag, Yo, uh, Money Man, Future, Young Dolph, Yo Gotti. These are these are A-list rappers that I know for a fact just bought their way in. They just they just put a nice plan together and they just buy it. You know, you you can well, you can yeah, buy. I mean, but that's the thing. Like, get rich first. You can buy the fame. Yeah. But if you get famous, you got to figure out how to monetize it. And so, but see, but if you do it that way, unless you got famous by accident or purely by yourself, whoever's involved is going to make sure they monetize it. And and if, if you right, go because they have to manage it, right? Yeah, so the manager has to manage the talent. So you know, they, somebody has to be extremely gifted to to become famous, right? I mean, I don't really know. I mean, I, I don't the, the, know. This, is, sure this, is, this is a little bit tongue-in-cheek. This might actually yeah. sound ignorant, but this is a real serious question. Josh, you don't have anyone in your family in the music industry? Oh, man, his dad can play piano really well, actually. And so can Josh. I got a, I got a little piano that I practice every now and then. <laughs> uh, and and I, I'm, I, I say that because... Every, like Jewish people own hip hop. Like the, the Jewish community own the music industry. That's because we know how to manage. We know how to monetize, and that's basically yeah. what it is. It's like, hey, if you want, you know, hey, we need a Jewish financial advisor or a Jewish dentist or a Jewish doctor. You know, the, I think it's there. You know, just I, I don't know why. It's a good question. Like maybe. We just, I, I feel like we just hustle harder, bro. No, I, I, I think. The, the lawyers it, hustle. The lawyers it, it's, hustle. It's, Im, it's, Im, it's embedded and it's nepotism. Because if, if you go back to the early 90s, like 88 to 93, where uh, Run DMC, when they met ah! Leo Cohen, Leo Cohen um, let them know, hey, you know this brand you have that everyone in the city is wearing? You ah! know you guys can make millions worldwide off this, right? And because of that, because of that relationship and that one conversation, Leo Cohen's had his family have have had their their finger on the industry for five generations. Because and and um, Universal, he he they dismantled Universal, broke it up into four labels, and just gave it to their kids. Listen, listen, I I got it, man. We just need to do stock wraps. That's it, <laughs> and we need to just push and push until it gets that click right until it goes viral. Oh yeah. And and then it goes national, right? That's something that can get picked up nationally. I mean, it's great that, you know, people, I know people. Oh yeah. Um, and that's all fun socially. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, to get on, but also like, I, it is what it is. I mean, I think that you still got, there has to be some sort of discipline yeah, to yeah, it yeah. and then output and then whole you know over time it could take two years like we were talking about gary v it took him two years to get anybody to watch his stuff right right so i think there has to be a discipline and consistent approach and, and, the, and, and the consistency for example josh when when we get when we get finwell to a thousand subscribers 
and and we we make every single one of them buy a scandal NFT, it will be so easy for us to just fuel us fuel their fuel. All right, we lost them on NFT. But, well, on uh, that note, we'll wrap yeah, it up. Yeah, we gotta, Thanks we gotta for hopping on, Scandal. Shop, We're going to get some stock. I'm going to start going some stock wraps. I'm going to start putting the pen to the pad. Use the kids' book. <laughs> yeah, we'll do the kids. We'll have Scandal wrap the kids' book. Actually, Just his make voice a kids would be perfect. Book and for... translate it into rap. There you go. Boom. Dude, I think it's a brilliant idea. I don't know how it hasn't been come up with yet and hasn't. Well, we just up, came up like... with it right here. We heard it here first. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna blend the two and we're gonna make it happen. So yeah, we got cool. we got another one today or two. So we're working hard. We got yeah, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>